The 5-8, your Friday night hang. We take five of the week's most notable and newsworthy topics and spend eight minutes covering each one. Join me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff, Friday nights, live, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. It's the 5-8. Here's what went down on Friday. Evening. Welcome to the 5-8, where we discuss each of the week's five most fucked up topics for eight minutes each. Five topics, eight minutes, two hosts, a guest, some singing, a lot of curse words, and as many cocktails as we deem necessary. LB, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I feel like this was a rough week for a lot of people. Yeah. It just yeah. was heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah. Um. I have my water because I feel like actually if I did have a cocktail, although I'm not, I don't have cocktails anymore, really, that I would just pass out in the middle of the show. Um, so, but I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there and we have to apologize to everybody. We're not in costume. You guys know we usually do epic Halloween shows. It just felt um, off this week to do something like that. And we just didn't have our, our act together in that way. Um, there's enough so cosplayers. Us. Yeah. There's enough cosplayers. You know, it doesn't mean we won't have more holiday specials. We'll have some holiday specials coming up here, but it was just too, it was a little too heavy. I don't know if, if you're, you know, if you want to share that, like, you know, how your week, how heavy it is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's heavy, but I have to tell you, yeah, I, I feel pretty good right now. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, okay. Right. So uh, my toilet broke. Two days ago, oh. the little that thing, it's called the float, which is the thing that inside the bowl, it, it floats and it tells the thing to stop putting the water in there. Yeah. It just stopped working. Mm. So I went on YouTube and I watched a video about it and I bought the thing for $12. Yes. And I opened the thing and I went to install it and everything was going great, except I couldn't get the damn the nut off on the bottom of the bowl. Okay. And I was all frustrated. And then, I don't know, I was trying to resting before the show and it was like quarter to seven. And I was like, fuck this, I'm doing this right now. So um, between like- before the show? I did. Not only did I fix oh. it before the show and it works. I'm so proud of myself. So okay, I'm proud I feel of like we work. need it. We need the toilet because there's a lot of shit that we're going to flush away on this show this week. That's what we're going to do. Is we're it holy? Flush away. Yeah. We're going to flush away the shit. We're going to flush away um, classified documents. Whatever needs flushing. <laughs> remember, he did that. He, he, he I remember. I remember yeah, whose name was up. in there. I can't. I'm trying to remember whose Elise name. Elise Stefanik, I think. Was it Stefanik? I thought so. Isn't she the toilet lady? I don't oh know. I God, so. help us, please. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank goodness. Everything. Yeah. We've got some prayers to say tonight. All right. Well, what do you think? I love. I love our guest. I'm very excited for our guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna, like He's gonna be good. We should just jump right into it. Yeah. I'm. And I'm. Yeah. By the way, you know, people who uh, join and are members and go to the Substack already know who the guest is. That's another yeah. perk of membership. Yeah. I, I haven't seen whether they're spoiling it in there. Uh, I don't know. Um, but... It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can spoil. All right. Here we go. What's our first one? Holy Rollers. Well... Holy Rollers. Um, okay, LB, we have a new Speaker of the House. Do we? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess we do. Yeah. Well... It came as no surprise to me that our Speaker of the House was once the attorney. Remember, 
It's always the lawyers, everybody. Follow mm. the lawyers. Was the senior attorney for a hate group. No way. It's so on brand. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's who he is. Um, look, I could not. I'll, I'll, we'll get into that in a second. I could not watch it. I could not. I it was going on in the other room. Right. I I'm in a house with an with actual uh, an actual my father, a, a man of the cloth, as people like to say, but a, a, a real deal, like the real deal, right? Um, as as those of you who were uh, what when he and my and my mother. You know, these are real ministers. These are people who understand scripture, studied it. It's it, it was such it was so offensive that that was even on the television. Um, this prayer circle, whatever the hell they were doing on their knees on the floor of the house, I saw little images of that. I'm like, oh my god. You know, and this sort of, we're just, we're now throwing out separation of church and state. We're just, I, it, it's never gone well. It's never gone well where nations that had chances at democracy or were democ democracies themselves um, threw that out for theocratic rule. Uh, it, it's so that that's not the number one story all the time. And that actually what's happening now is I heard some pundits on television, the news, the crazy news people, and uh, on the social, this, this corrupt social media stuff going on. Actually, the debate was, well, is he a real, is he a true believer? Or is he just in for power? It's like, uh, that's not the question. That's not the debate. That's not the discourse that's meaningful here. It doesn't fucking matter if he believes what he's saying. You better believe he fucking means it. That's the story. Yeah. Story is they mean it. Not what's in their minds or their hearts. It doesn't. That's not the story. The story is they mean this. They elected the guy because Donald Trump wanted him. Why? Because he was the architect, the chief architect of the fucking coup. Now we're finding that stuff out. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Maybe it just slipped by us because there were so many crazies with their hands in the pot of like, let's just take democracy and turn it into our own oligarchy. Yes, us, us, me, me. Right? It was that frenzy, that madness that we've been in. But Trump wants this guy because he's ready to coup again. Let's coup some more. And this was the guy. Let's come back to him. I just want to really drill down on this. And I know a lot of our audience knows this already. I know everyone's aware of it. But there are new folks here. This thing lives on. I want to make sure that we're saying here now in this moment who this lawyer is and what he did, what he made his career purpose. Okay. You don't get designated by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group, unless you're hating. Unless <laughs> you really are doing some hating. It's not just, I'm going to throw 
bombs out and be, you know, a Matt Gates arsonist, you know, chaos entrepreneur. It's actually putting hate at the center of your mission and doing everything in your power with tremendous resources to make sure, and people, to make sure you radicalize as many people as you can into your hate, and then you change laws to make sure you have the law enacting for your hate. That's what he is as a lawyer. That's what he sought to do, is take our laws and change them or reinterpret them somewhere, put floating them up to this extreme radical Supreme Court that everybody knew they were going to get with Donald Trump and everyone was waiting for it to happen. Since the 1980s, they've been waiting for this shit to have this court like this. Okay? These radicals, these radicals, radicals. Oh my God. Okay. So here's what he did at the Alliance of Defending Freedom. That's the hate group, the ADF. What I always knew about it. I can never remember these stupid names they come up with always. They're defending freedom with their hate. Yeah. With their hate. So what is the what is the group the lawyer want to do with the group that, that's calling themselves we're here to defend freedom? Strip people of their rights. Whoa. Imagine that. Imagine that. There's a whole bunch. You guys just go look up this. Go look up the Alliance to Defending Freedom and what he did. Go to the SPLC website. Look into this hate group. The thing that stuck out to me in terms of how extreme and radical this man is, of course, we can all imagine what he thinks about women and what women should be doing for him. Just making babies, making a workforce. The reason why he's saying we've got to cut social security and Medicare and all these things is that, and these, all the programs that help people is that really the women who were supposed to be making babies for us haven't made us enough babies. And if they just made us enough babies, if they just get back down, get back in there, get back in that bedroom and make us some babies, then we'd have a workforce and our economy would soar because we have so many able-bodied work workers because all these sluts would finally be having the babies. This is what this is what this man, he's saying these things. I'm not even changing his words all that much. So, but guess what? Right. And so that's why if, if we had that better economy, then we could afford programs. We could afford Social Security. We can afford it. We can't afford it because the women aren't making enough babies. The able bodied women aren't making enough able bodied babies. But that's code for white women. You need to start producing more. This is this is what it is. But that's not what got him the hate moniker for his group there that he represents. What got them the hate moniker was specifically this guy. Right. What he did, and it's it's not even a moniker. It's a it's a it's a very specific, very carefully thought, well thought out, very well researched, very well sourced, all, near factual definition of a hate group. He, that's what the Southern Poverty Law Center does, and he went out and got it for them for his little alliance for defending freedom, because he advanced an agenda to sterilize trans people. That's what he wants to do. A little bit of Nazi going on in this guy. Can you hear it? We're going to sterilize trans people. That's what he wants. 
I want everyone to just absorb that. Yeah. State sanctioned sterilization of U.S. citizens. That's somehow defending freedom. That's who the Speaker of the House is. That's who he is. I won't even get into his reasons for this because they don't matter. Again, it doesn't matter. He can, he can bloviate about faith all he wants. It's bullshit. What he's doing is hate. What he's doing is fascism. And the only reason he got Donald Trump's attention and why he was called this chief architect, because I said I'd come back to that, I know I'm going long here, is because he used the pandemic Remember how we had to kind of change states had to like encompass more mail-in ballots because there was a fucking pandemic and people didn't want to die to vote. And thank God they didn't have to go die to vote. They could vote from home because of that accommodation. He made the argument. And this is what everybody, this is what they all love because everyone's looking for arguments. How can we throw out, how can we throw out votes? How can we throw out brown people votes? How can we throw out women votes? How can we throw out, you know, votes that aren't for us? How can we throw out vote? How can we just disenfranchise voters? Because we're defending freedom. Remember, we're defending freedom. How can we disenfranchise all these votes? Somebody come up with a way. Somebody come up with a way. And the lawyer for the hate group said, well, we can make the argument that those changes around because of, because of the things that had to happen in order to have people be able to vote and not die, we can make the argument that he had constitutional infirmity came up with that bullshit phrase um we, and that means we can reject the entire electoral college votes wherever we see fit and we can pick our own electors because these changes weren't constitutional you can't do something because of infirmity and that just oh oh my god he came up with it he came up with the idea this is how we can throw out votes let's do it everybody donald trump City Powell, wait, let's jump on this guy's Johnson. <laughs> so now we have a dick. Literally. Yeah. A hard on with nowhere to go. Excuse me. Boo. Happy Halloween. This is also why we didn't feel like celebrating <laughs> Halloween, because we've got the ghouls are running the House of Representatives. This is the scariest shit we've ever been through. It really is. This is scary shit so i i don't feel like laughing about scariness yeah and ghouls and monsters when there's real monsters among us try, just trying to throw off our rights throw out our votes take over our 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 uh, nation to hand it to a fucking criminal so they can what make a payday he's a lawyer not that i don't love my lawyers but come on all right, that's a lot. I can't. I could go on and on and on about this, so I'm going to stop. So, okay. what do you have to say about it? I'm sorry. I, I think over. you. No, it's fine. This is the rant. We want ranting on this show. Oh. I, you know, I. I um. That yeah, was I don't restrained. Know. I had to restrain myself. I feel like with this guy taking over, it's sort of like when Killmonger became the king at Wakanda, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, fuck! What yeah. did we just let happen?" Yeah. Except that you know. It's not Wakanda at all because it's the whitest group of men ever assembled. But you know what I mean. It's that level of, oh, no, what have we gotten ourselves into? It's it's terrible. 
He wants to criminalize there are a all lot of like, rhinos, though. Gays. So, yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. Let's not talk about him anymore. Let's go to the next topic. We don't want to keep our okay. guest waiting. He, he doesn't have an eternity have, to wait. I know, I know. Yeah. I told him we get to him quickly, and now I'm the one hogging the time, <laughs> hogging the clock. Yeah. All okay. right. What do we got here for all holy right. war? We it's holy war. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to try to be quick uh, a little bit. You know, the transition here is that is that this new guy, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson, Dick, uh, Mike Dick. this yeah. Christo fascist, um, wants to bring things back to the fourth century, fifth century. Which, by the way, any lending of money at at interest was usury and prohibited. So, is he going to also destroy all capitalism? Probably not. So he's a fucking hypocrite. Anyway, moving on. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. Uh, and this is important, and it's not funny. Okay. Uh, it's been 20 days since the Hamas terrorist yeah. attack. Okay. Uh, basically three weeks, Saturday, okay, uh, of October 7th, if I'm doing the math right. Yeah, 20 days. Uh, this was not, you know, you can call it terror. We can call it war crimes. We can call it atrocities. Whatever word we want to use, doesn't matter. Uh, what happened was Hamas operatives, militants burst through unexpectedly and killed 1,400 people. Yeah. Not soldiers, not like military people, not operatives, just like women, children, the elderly, you know, people at a, at a concert that were dancing, you know, people living their lives in this place. And this was a horrible attack. And I think everybody in the world kind of was like, what the fuck just happened? And you saw this outpouring of support where people were putting the flag, the Israeli flag on, you know, in Berlin, it was on the Brandenburg gates. I don't understand how basically it took less than two weeks for this thing that happened to Jewish people, to them, not the government of Israel, to Jewish people living there, innocent people living there. Yeah. Suddenly has given rise to all of these anti-Semitic attacks all over the place. Like, I, I, I just don't understand it. We went from this outpouring of sympathy to, you know, hate crimes in two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was, yeah. you know, we have, you know, in New York, Cooper Union, you had the, you know, students of the Jewish group that were like, you know, in the library barricaded because the protesters were like, you know, getting aggressive with them. Uh, you know, making them fear for their safety. You have, of course, in Detroit, the president of the synagogue was stabbed outside her home. Maybe that was a coincidence, but I don't think so. In California, you have a, a you know, a guy just goes to somebody's house and tries to kill the family and says because they're Jewish. So I want to make sure that we peel back what's happening in Israel with Bibi's government right now, right now, literally right now, and peel that back and just stop and pause and be like, the Jewish population of the world is not the BB government of Israel. And there's just no, it's not okay. And I think it's important that we keep saying it. It's not okay. It's never okay. You know, we cannot have this anti-Semitism anywhere, especially in this country. You know, we just can't have it. And when you have a rise in anti-Semitism, as any scholar of fascism will tell you, it's one of the major precursors of, of fascist stuff, right? Yeah. The, the, you know, that It just is, always. And, and why? Because one of the first things that fascists do is try to find a group of people to blame for all of the problems. And Jewish people, because they live in lots of different countries are, that are conveniently placed for that. Hatred that they do not deserve. Okay? 
And I just feel like I wanted to say something about it because it, it's been really bothering me. And again, mm -hmm. this doesn't have anything to do with, you know, the politics of it. We're going to get to that later. Or, you know, what BB's doing, you know, I, it doesn't mean I don't feel bad for the Palestinians right now and the people living in Gaza. None of that. Okay. But this is not great. Okay. It's, 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 it must be called out whenever we see it because it's yeah. a real slippery slope real fast from this stuff to fascism. LB, remember the yeah. 4chan? Remember your 4chan story that I've heard now 80,000 times? What's the first thing that they did, those fuckers with the memes on 4chan? What's the first thing that they did? The they first symbol that they used. They made yeah. swastikas. Yeah. That's yeah. the first fucking thing they did. So yeah. we can't have this. And if you see it somewhere, and I think everybody watching this knows, but I feel like I, I have to say something about it. Call it out. That's all. Thank that's you. my that's my rant. Well, I, I, I want yeah. I just want to say you said one thing to me that really I thought, oh, there was such clarity in it. It was so simple. It's like if you want to free Palestine, support you need to get rid of Hamas. <laughs> like it's yeah. this is a terror group running a running a people, right? Um, who are trying to throw off it and what they feel is oppression and and what many argue was apartheid when it was because uh, God knows what it is now, right? What's happening there now is just I don't even know how to qualify it. Um, our guests will help us, uh, but you know the way to the way to support the Palestinians is to support the throwing off of Hamas. Yeah, this is the way to support them. Uh, so that's if we can help folks with that message i think you know the it's that that this movement is happening with the youth in this and the college campuses what makes me very worried about that um and just in a way beyond i'm very worried about the hate crimes i'm very worried about the safety of of my family i'm worried about the safety of others i'm worried about you know just just you're right we just can't it just is sort of allowing it to flourish in the name of this uh, anti-Semitism being collapsed with uh, BB's government, right? Yeah. And uh, just like, we're just going to hate all Jews, you know, this sort of thing that's happening. And it's happening with a, it happened with fire. Like it just sort of went whoosh, like yeah. wildfire um, across campuses. And I'm very concerned in addition to all the immediate concerns around all that, of that this was intentionally inflamed as well as a as a way to sort of peel off this youth vote because we had a lot of young people ready to vote for Biden ready to knowing that they needed to throw off because the row stuff right yeah knowing they need and the, in this just sort of I I'm not saying there's something conspiratorial I'm just saying there's an there was an opportunity in this moment to weaponize this youth vote in the in a way that enables us to end up with our version of bb you know back with with this strong man in trump and i just i'm very worried about it so i think we have to keep our eye on that as well yeah good point okay, okay. that's what All i right. have to say about that now uh you know what it's time for uh, a little because, singing because we didn't did we have karaoke last what did we do last week? oh we did our we did our our bit last week we right? did a bit is that what we yeah. did? Yeah, we did the bit. So, uh, yeah. So it's been it's been a while. So here's a little, a little, uh, little karaoke. 
as a coach at Ohio State. He helped a predator, he huffs and he puffs, tries to make the house below. His mentor, Dennis Hester, is a child molester. Will the GOP back him? No, no, no. He wants to impeach Hunter Biden, dodge the subpoena because he's guilty. For Donald Trump, he is Luca Brazza. Liz Cheney told him, get the fuck away from me. His name is Jim Jordan. Jason Cooper. He is Trump's attack dog. His name is Jim Jordan. All right. <laughs> there you go. There you Amazing go. Amazing work by Chunk. Amazing Yet work again. by Chunk. Yeah. Just he pulls this stuff out. And uh, I, yeah. I thought of that last week, right before the show, and that fucking song's been in my head all week. So I'm good. I'm glad now it's going to be retired. Um, yeah. Have you seen the video? I watched the the real video for yeah. For song. He looks like he's like 14. Yeah. How old is he? Is he like 35 he, now? Like when he's I don't seven know. when he made this thing? I don't know. It's he's very a baby. Strange. It's okay. it made me feel very old. I know. I, I know. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I got to put the banner back. And then, uh, okay, our guest. It's time for our guest. He is an Australian former diplomat. He's a speaker of Mandarin, and he's the co-founder of International Intrigue, an excellent newsletter and website and podcast. John Fowler, welcome to the 5 Hi, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here. I, uh, I'm pretty impressed you've got some laughs out of that situation. I could, I could take some notes on turning horrible, <laughs> shitty news into, into good comedy. That's what we do here. That's our yeah. total, that's our MO, you know? It's... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, oh, it's wonderful to see you. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm really excited. It's uh, I've been watching you guys for a while. It's um, oh, a real thrill. So I want to tell people unfamiliar, um, you have, it's called International Intrigue, and you and, mm -hmm. a, and a bunch of other diplomats um, and people that work it, in that space uh, compile a newsletter that goes into your email box and uh, kind of does a wrap-up of things that are happening globally, um, you know, all around the world, and does it in a way that is... Uh, not boring at all. It's kind of snarky and it's funny and clever. Um, so I signed up for this. I don't know. You were on my podcast a while ago. I've been, I've, I've right. had it in there since then. And, uh, and it's really great and it's helpful. And especially like the last two weeks, it's been very helpful um, because I'm like, okay, what do these guys think? I want to know, you know, I'm looking for what smart people think about things. So I wanted to, uh, you know, I turned to that and it was very useful for me. So first of all, thank you for that. Um, do you want to tell everybody like where they can find you and talk a little bit about how this came into being and what the idea for it was and stuff like that? Yeah, well, firstly, thank you for those kind words. I think what you just said was kind of what we had hoped to achieve. Um, so I, yeah, as, as you mentioned, I was a former Australian diplomat and along with another former colleague of mine, uh, well, two former colleagues of mine, actually, we kind of got, this is back in 2021, start of 2022. We just, this sense, you guys were just talking about it before, this sense that the world is just kind of falling apart at the seams. Geopolitics is really relevant again, um, in a way that hasn't really been since the fall of the, the Berlin Wall. Um, but there's not really anything out there. You know, you've got The Economist and, and the World section of the Times and all that kind of stuff, but there wasn't anything out there that was kind of really making this stuff accessible. You know, you mentioned the last two weeks, like where do you turn to to kind of know how to think about what's going on in the Middle East without wanting to, you know, 
punch your head in after reading horrible, horrible stuff. You know, you got to, you got to be, I'm a big believer in comedy as a way to kind of surreptitiously give people a dose of medicine and be like, Hey, you need to know about this, but I don't want to just, you know, tell you that everything's terrible and there's no hope. So we, we started this newsletter. Um, it's going pretty well. We're, you know, we've got a 75,000 odd people, uh, some pretty important folks reading it and, and, you know, some very, just some curious folks out in, you know, the middle of nowhere. So it's really for, for everybody. But the idea is that it wraps up the most important stuff in the world that's going on. And as I said, we're a team of former diplomats. So we try to add a little bit of um, what's going on behind the scenes uh, based on our experience. So yeah, people can find it if they just Google international intrigue. That's probably the best way because the the news, uh, the, the website's a bit of a mouthful. But um, yeah, I, I obviously I recommend people subscribe. <laughs> yeah, subscribe. Okay, before we get into the serious stuff, I have two questions for you that are I, I think are percolate in everybody's mind. Right, the first one is, what are you drinking? Jeremy I am drinking. drinking a gin and tonic with a little bit of lime juice in it. Okay. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers to your health. To your health. Happy Friday. And the second thing is being an Australian diplomat, did George Papadapa Ding Dong oh, yeah. <laughs> ever try to get you drunk and then talk to you about <laughs> weird professors in Malta? <laughs> Sadly not, otherwise I think I'd be oh. sort of an ambassador to the UN or something. It would have been a real <laughs> career winner for me. Um, no, that, actually I have a few friends. That was in London and uh, our ambassador he said that to was a former foreign minister. I had a couple of friends who were intimately involved in that whole situation. Oh, this <laughs> is what I thought. It's a small world there for you, it John is. Fowler. It is. <laughs> all right. All right. No papa dapa ding dong for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Um Oh, one last thing is because I, I I've been doing this in my brain. It's Australian former diplomat, not former Australian diplomat, right? Because you you're still Australian. That's right. Yeah, I am still Australian. I live in America, but I am still uh, <laughs> I'm still a citizen of uh, of my country of birth. That's right. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about the virtues of that of that place uh, a little later on. But okay, so we were t I talked a little bit about um, you know the anti-Semitism coming out because of these attacks, but right now, as I said, you know in Gaza. Israel's on the move. Nobody seems to know exactly what they're up to. Um, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what are, what's your take on what's happening, like what's happened so far, where you think it might be going, um, you know, what, what things people should be on the lookout for, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, right now, as we're talking, um, you know, I've got the New York Times kind of live blog open in front of me here, and it looks like that Israel is making their sort of ground invasion move right now. Um you know, I think a lot of folks in in our circles have been surprised that they've waited almost pretty much three weeks on the on the dot to to kind of go in. I mean, obviously they've been attacking from the air. In in I think I think I read somewhere six thousand bombs or so have been dropped on Gaza in three weeks, which is pretty pretty wild. Um, you know, I think <laughs> for context, it, when the British were were bombing Syria in in the early two thousands or two thousand ten, eleven, twelve, that period, um, they were kind of running two sorties a day versus. 6,000 bombs in, in three weeks. So the, it, I don't want to give the impression that Israel hasn't been attacking, but I think they're now starting to put soldiers and tanks on the ground. I mean, there's always a chance that this is a limited in, incursion. They pull back by the morning, kind of testing the defences of, of Hamas in Gaza, but it, it, they've cut off internet, it looks like, as well. Um, so all of those all of those signs point to that this is, this is the big one. You know, if we zoom out a bit, I think what you've, it's been interesting, you guys were chatting a bit about kind of 
how the the narrative didn't take very long to turn into anti-Semitism, right? And it's, it's really interesting because I think, I, I don't know if I'd go as far to call the global kind of country level, media level reaction anti-Semitic, although it's at times bordering on it. But it really did take, I think, probably only about 48 hours after what were, you know, horrific attacks. About 48 hours for most countries, particularly in the region, um, and, and a lot of media outlets, perhaps with the American ones accepted, to sort of start saying, I, I don't want to say justifying it, but kind of just being like, okay, fine, but don't go in and cause a huge problem. So we've kind of been sitting in this weird three-week or let's say, let's say, I don't know, like 15-day period where the world has really started to kind of go, okay, what happened was horrible, but it doesn't excuse you going in and causing a humanitarian crisis. More horror. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly right. Exactly right, LB. I mean, the, the the scale of what's going on already is is horrific. We don't need to kind of dwell on that. Um, but it's it's interesting to see that Israel has waited so long. I think that's the kind of key takeaway, and I think that's a big a big part of that is your president, President Biden, and and yeah. Lincoln and Jake Sullivan. They've done. I think you know I've been critical of in parts of Biden's foreign policy a little bit. Um, but I think they've done a superb job in kind of saying to Israel, working working the behind the scenes um, pressure points to say to Israel, hey, listen, you can't, and this is my view, but you can't really win a war going into to an urban environment like Gaza where 500 kilometres of tunnels um, is what they estimate Hamas have. Uh, New York subway is about 400 kilometres of, of tunnels for, for reference. So just an absolute labyrinth underneath Gaza you're not going to kill everyone. You're not going to kill every Hamas operative. You're not going to get rid of them in a ground incursion. It's going to take a long time to get rid of them. You're going to have to do things, intelligence, um, special operations over a long period of time. And the American government and I think and, and European governments to an extent as well are saying, just don't go in there and lose and make it difficult for us to support you. You know, don't, yeah. don't go in there and make things I mean, make things worse. That, it, let, let's be honest; it would make things There's worse. There's also hostages, right? So, yeah, I, mean, I I don't know how you. I mean, maybe you guys have views on this. The hostage thing is so difficult, right? Because there's 200 or, or so hostages from a bunch of different countries, 25, 30 odd Americans. But that's what Hamas does. They they yeah. went and killed a thousand or you know whatever 1,200 people brutally, and they took hostages because they know that. The political, the way our political systems, the way that democratic political systems operate is we put an absurd amount of value. And I, and I don't want to say absurd because they are people, but like we value those people in a way that Hamas knows, oh, well, that, that will be a political calculation, meaning that they want, we can keep doing this. We can attack. We can take a couple of hostages. I mean, the guy who runs Hamas now was a previous, he was in Israel, Israeli jails for, you know, in and out for 20, 20 something years. He was released when Netanyahu exchanged a thousand Palestinians for one Israeli soldier. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's such a difficult issue because obviously you have to do everything you can to get hostages back. But I mean, this is this is why you don't negotiate with hostages, right? Because once you start to, you set this precedent of now we have to, and they can take two hundred hostages and know that it's going to be a massive consideration in in your next move. So. I, I guess the high level bit of all of that is just like, I mean, there's no good answers to any of this. Right? No, I think that these, this region wants to burn it down both sides. 
Yeah. And that terror attack was the tipping point to green light and justify let's all become mass murderers. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's very dark. It's a very it dark moment. It is. Yeah. And I, um, I feel like it's unretractable. Well, but I think that's the problem is that's what, that's what they like the, the terrorists and people who support the terrorists. And, and there's a ton of people who's, won't tell you to your face that they think that what Hamas did was justified, but oh, believe it listen. was. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, horrific. We know. <laughs> they, they will tell they they do tell it to your face. Mm, yeah. Especially and, and they, if you're Jewish or you have Jewish family members, they they have no problem telling it to your face. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's absolutely horrific. And it has that's nothing one... to do with like what are you talking about? What like again, right. it's it's horrific. It's yeah. horrific. And I think you just see, you see a region now that, I mean, again, you've got to be careful painting with big, broad strokes because you don't want to kind of lump everyone in together. But the the, the reaction on, of a lot of citizens in Arab countries around the region has been anti-Semitic. It, it's just as simple yeah. as that. Like it is, it is as simple as they, you know, I think if, if you press them, the re, like more reasonable kind of, ones would say, no, of course I don't condone the murdering of people. But at the end of the day, Israel is illegitimate. It shouldn't be there and we want to get rid of it. And, and yeah. when you start from that position, I don't know what kind of conversation you can you can have after that, right? Especially yeah. when you have like, you know, grandma as a hostage, you know, yeah. there's no moral high ground once you're doing yeah. stuff like that. None. Yeah. I mean, they have no, and uh, the, the, what they both want is not, you know, and the, the uh, Likud, the Netanyahu's party, wants the same thing that that uh, Hamas wants, which is for the other side to just go away and be, mm. you know, and be gone. So you mm -hmm. can't have either one of those things. And but those are the two governments right now that are running the show there, which is adds a level of complexity to the entire thing. I think. Yeah, yeah I can so completely agree. Yeah. Not that it was, you know, because it was so simple. <laughs> so before. easy before, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was because you know Jared Kushner solved the entire. Oh, that's know, right, Jared. Yeah, he was. Got, got him. He was to the rescue. Okay, so yeah. uh, turning away from the Middle East for a moment, you were posted uh, to China, yeah. uh, so that's your area of expertise, and we don't really talk about China very much on this show. Uh, I don't know; it just doesn't come up as much. But I'm wondering now. We have, you know, uh, the world is on fire. There's lots of movement going on. China seems to be just sitting back, biding its time, playing both sides. What do you think's going on there? What is their calculus? Where are they going to wind up on all this? Are they going to use it as a pretext to go invade Taiwan when it was paying attention? Are they going to continue to play both sides? What do you think is going to happen? How, how, let me say that. How, how super villainy are they in this moment? <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they, they always tip everything into a cartoonish thing with their a Marvel, a Marvel, stuff. a Marvel universe. Yeah, yes, um, ridiculous. I if if they were in the Marvel universe, they they've got a ton of problems in their own backyard that they're trying to figure out before they figure out how to take over the world. So I don't know what part of the origin story of which superhero that is, but that's that's their current situation. Okay. Um, the, to, <laughs> to your to your question, Greg, I think yeah, China will play both sides because they're ultimately they're they're cold, real 
politique kind of kind of operators. You know, they it's what's in it's what's in it for China is first and last consideration. And right now, you know, I, I bang on about this this idea that the world is going multipolar. I try not to use jargon because it's it's fucking tedious and, and very very irritating when when people do. I'm sorry. That's that's my, Australia, that's my Australian it's, coming out. We got you there. We got you. Got comfortable enough to swear as a diplomat. Oh this is well, you, you've unleashed the we're, we're very my... successful diplomats as well. We're just you know in a different direction. My um, my native people don't have a problem swearing. That's for sure. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. So, um, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean... No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, what, what we're talking about is a multipolar world, which just like really quickly means. Since the fall of we had a we had this, the Cold War was two major powers. That's a bipolar world where you have two kind of powers fighting each other, but not fighting each other and keeping things stable-ish. Fall of, com, fall of communism, Soviet Union. You have a unipolar world. That's America for the last thirty years. Kind of, you know, there are wars, there are conflicts, obviously, but there's no. I don't think there was kind of anything that anyone really thought might escalate to world war status because America was in charge of things, the most powerful, undisputed country now we're kind of moving into this place kickstarted by i think a ton of things but covid the ukraine war and and on and on and on where there's going to be a lot of different countries that hold power over their regions it's going to be much more difficult for america to kind of boss people around everywhere else and you know turkey's going to have more power brazil india um china obviously russia if it hadn't invaded ukraine would have been on that conversation bricks, but it's right it's, we know it is yeah the bricks ex exactly right and that's their play is they're trying to kind of rise up in power now i mentioned that because if they're trying to kind of usher in a new world order for the next you know let's say 50 60 years and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a bad one it's just a new one so chaos helps them that's that's the point i'm trying to get to here is yeah. uncertainty and chaos helps unsettle what we have now and move into this new era so China, who wants that new era, is happy to see things that don't affect its national security, its borders, its core interests happen abroad that take America's attention, that unsettle Europe, that changes the game, that keeps people focused elsewhere so that China can, you know, sit back and, you know, I don't, I don't want to paint them as kind of nefarious individuals wanting, wanting this kind of crisis because I think that would be uh perhaps a bridge too far but they're certainly not unhappy that russia invaded ukraine they're certainly not unhappy that this is blown up they're the passive they're the mob boss in in the batman in the christian bale bat first batman exactly right? I know exactly what you're talking about yep. we're all making the mess it's all for like the guy who knew that whatever the hell his name was liam neeson but i'm gonna sit back and i'm gonna reap all the rewards of this yeah until, chaos uh until the scarecrow blows uh, hallucinogenics up his nose and he goes crazy. So exactly. who can be the scarecrow? As, as happens to us all. As happens to us all. Taylor's all this time. I feel like they do have, um, I, you know, we don't talk about China enough. I really, we don't. I feel like they do have, it would be naive to think that they don't have sights and aims in the region of conflict at the moment in the Middle East with Israel and Palestine. I mean, they clearly, um, have some kind of wish or desire in there. It, what is it? Do you know? Like what? What's not just the chaos and it's disrupting everything? 
Do they want to do a land grab? Do they want to be the ones to come in and say, we'll rebuild everything and then we'll own this or you'll be indebted to us? What's what's their deal yeah. with, with this particular region? It's a super good question. Um, it's, and there's a complex answer, but I'll try and be quick about it. So I think we saw we saw them last year make a play to try and um, build relationships with Saudi Arabia, I think is the biggest way to say it. But the idea was kicking America out of the region, um, you know, supplanting America as the big, the big dog in the Middle East. A lot of Americans, rightly so, were like, it's all yours, buddy. Like that's a, that's a <laughs> thing we don't need on our plate anymore. And, you know, American policy for the last kind of decade has been like, how do we get fuck out of israel but how how will jared kushner get another two billion dollars if that's well, so that's that's right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean if we if we elevate it to kind of the good folks at state department my former colleagues and and we take away the politics out of it, the, the, the policy is to get away i shouldn't say get out of israel get out of the middle east like yeah. which obviously means supporting israel but kind of in a way that hopefully the region is stable china would like its first, its first option would be we would like to be the one that everyone turns to to make deals and come to for help, and we will be the Solomon dividing the baby on all your issues, and we will be very wise, and you will take our words because we're brilliant. That's their number one goal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Better know what they're getting into. <laughs> if they can't have that, then this kind of arrangement, this kind of chaos helps them. Um, and okay. that's, and that is the conversation that'll be happening in Beijing. It's, uh, you know, they won't be, they, they can't afford to be seen to be doing anything to n like prolong this conflict, nor in Russia and Ukraine. So do you see these half-assed kind of like, oh, we call on all sides to be peaceful and, you know, we call for a ceasefire mm -hmm. and, you know, blah, 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 which means nothing. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're the ones with the ear of Vladimir Putin, if you wanted to actually have influence in this, you could pick up the phone and say, hey, Vlad, we own you. Stop stop what you're doing, right? That, they yeah. could overnight. Um, so in in the Mideast, this this helps them um, because it, it I don't want to say it hurts America, but it consumes America. And, and that means that that's less political capital, less um, political oxygen that is spent on addressing the China challenge, which is a, a big one. Um, you know, you've got a ton of different things that you guys need to get in order to to sort of move into an era where you can compete with China. And it, uh, every day spent focusing on Ukraine, focusing on Israel, however correct, however like necessary, is a day that a little bit less attention is spent on China. And they uh, and meanwhile they're dealing with economic issues. They just had Li Keqiang, the the former yeah. second in charge, die. What happened? What was I just saw that headline again, trying to avoid the news. I'm like, what's going on over there? Yeah. So Does, so was he, it window cancer? What happened? What heart attack? Sudden heart attack. He was oh, a sudden heart attack. Okay. Sixty-eight. Um, okay. Without getting into the deep, deep histories of China, they have a real problem with popular second in charges dying uh, young because uh, a guy called Hu Yaobang died in 1989, April 1989, and that was the cause of Tiananmen Square because yeah. he was popular and the government kind of didn't respect him enough and the students came out and protested. And so Li Keqiang is, if you don't like Xi, Li Keqiang was probably someone that you might have liked because he was seen as more moderate. So right now everyone in China is going, oh, God, is this is this another big problem? It's not going to be. but So they've got their own issues. And if you guys aren't paying attention to them, they're, they're happy. They can make their plans to take oh, Taiwan. Well, we don't want them to be happy, so we'll pay a little <laughs> bit more attention. 
Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I'm sorry. They're, it's, it's, I, I've got them in that category of supervillain and they're not coming out. Anytime. Well, I think, I think the, I think the Chinese communist party definitely should be in that, in that category. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All yeah. right. I mean, I had a great, I got to say, I had a great time in China and the people are lovely and it's a great country, but the Communist Party is a, and I, 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 I'm on record as saying this for a long time, but a real cancer, like they're a, they're a, they're a mm. problem. Yeah. Here we are again, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Here we are again. Okay. Yeah. So we should move oh, to the next time. Now, do you, we just do got you, a lot of knowledge from you. That's so We wonderful. did. We have to absorb it now. We have to yeah. process everything. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a little uh, bit, it's a little bit grim. I know. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it actually, it, it feels a little more hopeful, you know, honestly, because, you know, China isn't the big dog yet. We, we, we still got some tricks up our sleeve. That's what I say. Yeah, well, you, you always ask me uh, off air <laughs> why I moved to America from Australia. And, and one of the reasons is because I think America's got a couple of tricks up its sleeve. I, I wouldn't get you guys oh, out good. yet. <laughs> oh, you know things. All right. So people are asking if you've written in the comments, if you've written anything about China that they can go and read. Is there, is there anything um, you've published or written? I have. Um, I mean, I think most of the stuff I've written recently is on our website. Um, okay. We do like, we kind of do updates, but I've written some other longest form stuff too, which, you know, I can happily share with you guys as well. And stick yeah. in the comments. Perfect. All right. And the Google machine works for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can stick around for a few more minutes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You have, to, you have to run. Okay. If, okay. if you'll have me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're no, going to no. put the timer on. You get, timer your, on. get as much time as you want. Sorry, we're I gonna went too long. We're going to get the timer on for our next segment. No, 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 no. We're good. You're good. No, this no. Is, you, yeah. this is, okay. we, we don't, we, we want you to talk. You know, we don't, yeah. you know, when we first started the show, when we were conceiving of it, LB was like, we're going to have a guest. And as soon as the buzzer goes, we're just going to. Bang. Just boom, we'll hit the button and they won't even be on the screen anymore. I just wanted to catch people in whatever their facial yeah. expression was. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. I that seems, that would that be seems fun. like not nice, but yeah. it seems too gong show-ish for me. It was I very hope I'm not reason to reinstate that, that rule. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> well, it depends it's like a on dunk tank, depends. you know? Yeah. <laughs> if I was running the show, it would be a lot weirder. That's the, <laughs> the takeaway. Yeah, it, it lasted less strange than me. Zero weeks. It lasted zero weeks. That it lasted zero weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one zero liked weeks. it. No one yeah. liked my idea. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Well, oh, another fun topic. Holy smoke. <laughs> so many fun topics. Okay. We had another super awful mass shooting this week. Uh, this time in Maine. Um, lots of people were dead. At, at Last time I checked, they have not caught the guy yet, which is very, very disturbing. Um, if they have, maybe somebody will put it in the comments and let me know. Um, you know, this is terrifying. Now we have laws now that allow people who shouldn't have these weapons that shouldn't be in the hands of anybody that's a civilian, as everybody with a working brain knows and can see. Uh, but we keep doing the same thing. We keep arming these people. And now we have a, an entire state that is on lockdown effectively because of these laws, because this one crazy guy bought this assault rifle and uh, it, you know, it, we don't know where he is. Um, and you know, the one thing I want to say about it, it, it is, you know, Susan Collins, you know, just fuck Susan Collins forever. She, she's awful. I, I, I actually prefer kind of the Josh Hawley senators, you know, or at least we know that he's an evil schmuck. Susan Collins. We always think maybe she'll do the right thing. And then she never does. Yeah. It's almost worse. But now John, we were talking before Australia, had like one horrible mass shooting incident in the 90s. And then what did they do? 
you know, what, ha what happened there? Tell everybody who might not know. Yeah. Um, I, I should know it, the date, but it was I'm pretty sure it was 90, 96, might've been 97. Um, we had a really bad mass shooting in, in Tasmania at a tourist site. A guy went in with a semi-automatic and, and killed, I think pretty close to 30, 30 people. Um, and, and we had, we had brand new conservative government at the time, the government of John Howard. Uh, and, um, you know, I think Australian politics is a lot more centrist. Our, our left and right are much closer to the center than, than in this country. Um, but he very quickly announced a, a, a nationwide ban on semi-automatic semi and automatic weapons and a super strict licensing regime for every gun. So you can't just have a gun without a license, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and we bought back all of the guns that people legally owned at the time, paid them, you know, I don't know if it was market value, but a sum for their weapons and, and took them all off the streets. And it's been remarkably successful. We've had obviously shootings since then, but there hasn't been a, a mass event like that or like the ones that are just way too common here. Um, you know, <laughs> Australia's a smaller country. We're about 28, 29. I think at the time we were more like 24 million people. Um, so it's a lot easier. We didn't have as many guns. We don't have it in our constitution. So there's a ton of things that made it easier for us. But I think, you know, American commentators have, have pointed to Australia as kind of a really good example of this, of like, you can, you can do something about this if, if people want to do something about it. Like there are options to do things. It might be harder here, but it, it's not impossible, even though it seems like it is. Yeah. Can I ask you something? So um, what is it like coming from Australia, having lived through that? You were old enough to live through that. Yeah. 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 And I remember it. And remember it and being here with what with the environment here and the culture here right does it haunt you in a way like what is it like to to be from somewhere that had sense and then be here and have to go through this um and watch it do you fear for yourself does it feel weird when you go out i i'm just curious like what is that headspace like for you yeah it, it's an interesting question i so I've, I've lived in a bunch of places um so it's obviously australia china for right. five years i've lived in the uk europe all of these places don't really have guns they're not really a thing that you need to kind of consider i, I would say the biggest thing here is um i'm a lot more reserved in public interactions like you know if if, if you get cut off on traffic yeah. in traffic truly the first thing i think and it sounds ridiculous but it's a small thing but the first thing no. i think if i get cut off is just like yeah shut your mouth you might have a gun i live in chicago too so it's a real a real yeah. possibility you know um yeah so i think i think i wouldn't say that i'm scared every day because you know you you grapple with the odds of these things and it's still a, a low percentage that you'll get caught up in it but i i think the thing is that I I can't think about it for too long because it just doesn't make any logical sense to me. I don't understand the NRA. I don't understand the politics of it. I don't understand, like, I understand wanting to have a gun for hunting and, and, for, and for other things. I don't understand people who own guns, like, for those reasons, not wanting everybody else not to have guns to walk around on the streets. That, I guess that's where I come from. And so the biggest, I think the rest of the world thinks that too. You know, Germany, all the Scandinavian countries, they have big hunting cultures, you know, like everyone loves to go out and shoot elk and all that kind of stuff. But they go like, yeah, but I need a license and I put it away because I don't want my neighbor to be able to run around and have a too, few too many beers and 
potentially shoot me. So I, well, yeah. this is this is a thing, right? So yeah. I I am someone who is you, you would never not know this, but I am someone who has uh, lost someone to gun violence uh, recently. And um, what I would say is, although I know the odds are are that you are gonna have someone close to you. That's those are the odds. Everyone's gonna go through that at some point in this country with the number of weapons, the escalating uh, number of incidents, the um, what's happening with our, our catastrophic mental health crisis. Yeah. Not that this is, this shooting is clearly about that. <laughs> this man was hearing voices. He was reaching out. And so many said, of them are. Yeah. And we, and, and we turned around as a society and said, why don't you go train people? Yeah. Why don't you, you know, you have military training. Why don't you train people? So it's not only is it, was it, you need to forfeit your guns right now because we need, and we need to give you care. It was going out. So we have a massive radicalization machine uh, happening in this nation of radicalizing people towards violence, um, political violence, all kinds of violence that has been going on. Oh God, for 20 years now, but building and growing and becoming more, powerful um, mm. and personal through the devices or everything everyone carries around in their hand 24 7 with these fucking phones and all the apps everybody's on it's there the funnels are there for for grabbing people's minds scrambling them and pushing them into violence you don't know <laughs> we our brains are so fragile mm. they're so fragile look at the amount of time it took for millions of people, literally millions of people, to get radicalized into either QAnon or some, you know, other far right belief, or believing that the election was rigged, all this other crap, right? And that when is World War? We need to now go civil war and take it out on the streets. It happens like that mm. to very smart people who had stability for all intents and purposes before. They got radicalized in a matter of days. Now, minutes, it can. So I, I, the cocktail of that is, is an exponential odd, you know, exponentially increasing your odds that this is going to happen to you. And let me tell mm -hmm. you something. Every single one of those families, every single one of those families that lost someone or even just having someone shot and surviving, they are shattered. Mm. They are shattered. Everyone in that family is shattered. The bullet doesn't stop when it hits your loved one. It goes all through your family. And it fucks up and shatters everybody's life. And then you have to have tremendous internal resources to just survive it and try to get some semblance of your life back because that kind of violent murder, especially, you know, it's always horrible, but these are innocents. My brother was innocent. He had nothing. They don't know the shooter. You just have these crazies with guns coming in and just shooting up. So I fear for, I feel for all those families and I fear for all of us. Especially if you're for also my family and all of those families that it might happen more than once, which is starting to happen to people as well. Well, 
On that, I, I did see that the New York Times interviewed a, a woman who whose son was at one of the colleges in in that town in Maine, um, who said that last month her daughter, who's in North Carolina, was in a lockdown for a shooter on their campus, and she was like, "Both my kids, uh, within within six weeks, have been, you know, in the vicinity of mass shootings." And yeah, so I think your point is, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Yeah, terrific. I wish there were a concern from our allies abroad to actually come to the table for us and help lead our leadership towards uh, the right path on this. I'm not saying Joe Biden, he's, he's, he's all for the assault ban, rifle ban, but it feels like this is kind of a, it's a slow Normandy but it's our Normandy. <laughs> it's an interesting point that you think it, you're saying it's in other allies' interest to kind of yeah help you grapple with it because it's fundamentally contributing to the down the, the decline of of the U.S. It's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing we have to say here, um, and we have to point this out every time this happens, is that most people in this country want sane gun laws. Most people want to ban these weapons. Yeah. Most yeah. like high eighties, nineties. Um, it's a bunch of gun fetishist whack jobs. And the only reason that we don't have this stuff is because of Republicans in the Senate, not even the house. We've passed bills in the house and maybe not now that, you know, religious, you know, Mike Johnson is there, but uh, we've passed these things before. And it's Susan Collins. It's Mitch McConnell. It's Josh Hawley. Um, it's Ted Cruz blaming the doors. You know, it's thoughts and prayers um, from these assholes and they have to come out every time this happens and pretend to cry and be performative and, you know, mutter something about how sorry they are. And then two days later, we all forget about it and they can go on their merry way. And, you know, they can't be allowed to do that. We have to make, remind them of this every time we have to vote these fucking people out for, yeah. for no other reason, because they're holding this up. There's no level of death and carnage carnage was happening because of lawmakers uh, if death and this carnage on the citizenry happening because of lawmakers doing dirty tricks to thwart it all against the will of the people in another nation we would be in there diplomatically going you better we're going to fucking sanction start sanctioning some of your people if you don't figure this out there's too many there's too many bodies yeah that's what we would say uh so, Susan Collins, I hope you never sleep well for the rest of your life. Fuck you forever. That's it. This is this happened in, in her state now, mm. and she has to bear this on her soul, which maybe she doesn't have one because, again, Halloween, ghouls, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. Now, John, you got to go. Or you now, we're, John? We're just quick. I know you have. You said nine o'clock. You were iffy. So I'll, I'll, I, I can stick around if you if you if you uh, want me to stick around. I'd be delighted to. It's we lovely to chat with you. you. Okay, yeah, yeah. as long as I'm not cramping the vibe here with my no no no. no. Oh my gosh, we, we, no. There's a lot of like really down news this week. It's not always Still got a bit this. of drink to go too. So. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Yes, drink. Everybody, um, take a drink. Watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's so, water. Again, it's international intrigue and it's internationalintrigue.io. So yes, sign up for I that. Yep. It's very, very good. Do we have any other announcements, LB? This is our announcement segment. This is our portion where we announce things. And guess what? We 
almost never have any announcements. Yeah. So we, but we have this pause. No, I have nothing other than promoting John's work. I've got no announcements. I've got okay. nothing to nothing to add this week. I don't think I might think of something later, but it's escaped my mind at uh, the moment. Yeah. We'll say thank you to everybody. I saw there was new people signing up this Yay. week. Thank you. Welcome. Um, welcome to the club. It's a cool club, man. That's yeah. it. It's Happy cool to club. have you. Happy to have um, you. Join, subscribe, do all those great things. Yeah. Hit the like, do everything that we, you know how to do on YouTube and we really need you to do. Yeah. It supports us. It keeps us going. And we want to show up every week and see. And we love this community that's been here. That's we do. They sort of built their own community around us. So we're in awe of you guys. Keep spreading the word. Keep hitting the subscribe. Keep hitting the likes. And join and become a member. We do do things like after hours, just for members only. And we're going to work it out this this season to get some more stuff in there for you guys. It's just for you. So we yep. appreciate all the support. All right. Are we going to eight minutes here? We're going to eight minutes. Holy there rollers. We go. Holy all right. war. Holy land. Holy smokes. Holy shit. <laughs> George Santos. That's it. That's the segment. That's, that's the joke. That's the joke. Now, this this motherfucker, you know, under that superseding indictment, first he's indicted, then there's a superseding indictment. He's in the house. He's hanging out with Lauren Bober, chatting about God knows what. Somebody posted it. Did you see this on on Twitter? Somebody just saw him like on a on a Tuesday afternoon, just in a bank, hanging out for no reason. He yeah. took pictures of him, and the guy's just he's just in the bank. George Santos That's chatting right. up the tellers, sitting on the couch. Who the fuck knows why? He's Nobody so understands. Oh, He's my. very, very odd. And, you know, they don't do anything. The Republicans don't say anything. Oh, well, you know, we have to let it go through the, the, the process. As soon as they get the Speaker of the House in, now suddenly they've found their conscience. And, you know, some some congressmen, Republican congressmen from my state of New York are trying, moving to kick his ass out. So, uh, LB, what do you think about that? I mean, I didn't even know. I was seeing pictures of him. I didn't know this was happening. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm, here we are to do this thing to be prepared, John, every Friday night. And all week I was like, yeah, I'm not watching anything. I'm not paying attention <laughs> to anything. I don't want to know. It just felt like the week to be an ostrich and put my head in the Big sand. Time. I was like, it's not happening. So I missed it. I was seeing pictures of him. The last thing I saw of him that I paid attention to and understood what was happening. And I still don't understand it. It was, he had a, like a newborn baby and he was running through the halls with this baby. And I don't know why that was even, why, where did he get this baby? I still haven't, that has not been answered for me. Where, whose baby was it? And where did he get, was it Nestor's baby? Whose baby is it? <laughs> and so poor baby. Uh, but I, 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 have they done it? Have they kicked him out? What's happening? Wait, somebody even said that he has a twin sister who's also a scammer. And there was a picture of her. And I, I honestly have no idea if that's real or not. Oh, I you know saw how, that. Like we've gone through we've gone through the singularity or whatever the hell where I sometimes I'm just like, I don't know if this is a joke or not. <laughs> I, I literally know. can't tell. You know, Who knows? It, maybe. I don't know. Could be. But, you know, it, it's very, very funny. Uh, so John, what do you think about all this? What, yes, John, set us straight. Make us smarter. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't think you can get smarter when when he's involved <laughs> in the conversation. I think it's just a universal. Everyone gets a little bit dumber each time you you talk about him. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, he shouldn't be sitting in Congress. Um, the baseline is that you don't lie when you run for an election like that. I don't, I don't know what to say. 
Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, this is probably going to be unpopular. I think it's probably a bit good that they're waiting to go through some sort of process because, you know, what's that political rule that like you ne never do anything or never call for anything that you would want your enemies not to have? The idea that, you know, Democrats get the the majority and then Republicans start to call for every person who, you know, filed a tax return late doesn't, you know, gets unseated. But beyond that, I mean, the guy needs help too. Like he's obviously got some serious He is so disordered. Okay. Yeah. So we, you know, look, I, I, we, this is what we need you to tell us because we can look at Mike Dick, the, the Johnson guy, right? And know <laughs> that, that will never okay, not make me laugh. That all right, way. <laughs> you're like you're like Iran. We can find plenty of you over there, right? Like this, this is this isn't hard, right? To, uh, and the Taliban, of course, we've got plenty of. They can offer up many, many Mike Dicks. Um, but is there an equivalent to George Santos anywhere else in the world? Any other government? Have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, if you if you it depends what angle you come at it from. If you think about corruption, I mean, you guys are bush league when it oh, comes well, to listen, global corruption. <laughs> I don't mean corruption. I mean, like Just one like day, lunatic. one day yeah. he's he's from Brazil and he has many names, and then he and then he runs with the baby, and yeah, what is this? I haven't, I, nothing comes to mind that I haven't ever <laughs> seen anything quite like that, right? Uh, Australia's had, let, let me be very clear, Australia's had its fair share of absolute clowns get elected, um, but but probably not quite to his level. He, he takes the cake, I think. I think he does. He's <laughs> taking I, the cake. I do have an analog, maybe a little bit. Oh. Okay. So we have to go back in history, Russian history, of course, hmm. uh, to the time of troubles which is the period of time after the death of Ivan the Terrible in 1580-something. And then his son was there for a year and a half. And then there was just this period of time where there was nobody that could be the czar. And there was famines and there was the economy crash and it was horrible. And it was called The Time of Troubles. Like it's like, you know, some fantasy novel. But that's really what they called it. And they weren't sure who the next czar was going to be. But there was a rumor that there was an heir to the throne named Dmitri who they thought had been killed by somebody way back when. Well, one day, a guy shows up in Moscow and says, I am Dimitri. I'm the czar now. <laughs> and the boyars look around, and they're, they're like, I don't know. Probably they're a little drunk. I don't know. Make him. I guess he's the czar. What can we do? He's Dimitri. So Dimitri <laughs> takes the throne of Russia. This is This is real, okay? And rules for, I don't know, a year or something, six months, whatever it is. And then they figure out that he's just some dude from Poland who just waltzed in. There he goes. There we and go. said he was Dimitri. Um, and he's known in history as the false Dimitri. Uh, and they killed him and chopped his body up, put it in a cannon and fired it towards Poland. That's Ooh. what they did. And then <laughs> it happened again. Because there's no! actually two false Dimitris. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's what it reminds me of. George Santos as false Dimitri. I could see that maybe. Is he going to next? I feel like you're, you're speaking to the future a little bit here. Maybe you're having a, a moment of clarity um, and clairvoyance. Perhaps he's going to now make the claim that he's the missing Romanov or Ooh. somehow I could see that. I could see him doing that. Yeah. 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 So, and, and if we could put all these people in a cannon and shoot them off into outer... <laughs> I'm I'm in. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. I don't know. About I don't the think they're. Up. I don't like that. I don't like. I don't like the violence. But no, but I know, mean, go shooting it in the general that. direction of Poland. I think that was the line. <laughs> in the so, and again, this is this is oh, a boring Poland. Stalin oh. history class, you know. And the oh yeah, Poland. We can. Yeah, end on we Poland. wanted to That's ask you about Poland, John. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Poland, and then and that'll take take us out. We could sneak it in a in a holy real holy quick. Hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big news there is they had their. It's good news to end on as well. They had yeah. their election uh, well, a couple of weeks ago now, I think. Uh, and they, they've been they've been governed for for a while now. I think probably six or seven years at least, maybe longer, by a fairly right wing, authoritarian leaning government. Um, super, you know, anti like they reform reform the courts, all that kind of stuff. You're all familiar with with that playbook. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a bit of a surprise. Um, the, the, the right wing party still won in a, like the most seats, but Poland's politics means that they won this large chunk, but then no one else supported them. So all these opposition parties um, won won more power. So Donald Tusk, who used to be the pro the the, the former EU commissioner back uh, about five six years ago, he's going to be the new prime minister. He's pretty pro EU. He's pretty kind of like he's going to bring. Poland back into the realms of like squarely into democracy. And I think it's a really good, it's a really good news story out of that part of the world because there's a few countries in kind of Eastern Europe that are yeah, Hungary. a little bit worrying. Yeah. Hungary, Slovakia's got some issues, Slovakia. Serbia. Yeah. So yeah. take the wins where we can get it with Poland. Yeah. We take the Yay, Poland. Yeah, Poland. Yeah. And it, the, the citizens there are, are, you know, they do take to the streets about things and mass protest. And they've done that because... You know, I have I know some people from Poland when I go to Berlin, I, I get the I get the skinny on what's happening on the ground. And, that, you know, they go out and protest and they do yeah. all this stuff. So they they deserve their democracy. Well, that's and, a country uh, that doesn't oh, take ahead. it for granted. Yeah. It doesn't take their, they their don't take position it for between. Granted. Yeah. And in my for me, the the way that the Polish uh, citizenry and even the uh, the government at the time absorbed the Ukrainians fleeing from. Yeah, incredible. Uh, right. And what they did, incredible. And um, compare that to that just how challenging it was to get the neighbors of Gaza to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the kind of diplomacy that had to be leveraged there just to get them to agree to do like. So Poland, good on you. Isn't that what we say if we're Australian? Good yes. on you. Good, good on you. Good on you. On every level. Good on you. That's it. Just like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay. So again, internationalintrigue.io. Um, sign up because it is really great. It's uh it's fantastic. Uh John Fowler, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, thanks for watching. Um, LB, you get the final word tonight. I do. Well, you yeah. know what, John? We we have a little saying around here. Um, you know what it is? I do not. Tell me. Enlighten me. We're going to get through this. The 5-8 is hosted by me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff. Animation is by Chunk, at Chunkled. The music is My Spy by Howie King, the sum of all music. Please like, share, and subscribe here and on YouTube. To become a 5-8 member and support our show, go to the5-8.com. That's the F-I-V-E number eight dot com. Join the party this weekend. We're your Friday night hang.